Thank you, Lord, that you are present in this place. We invite your word to lodge deep within our hearts. And Lord, we make the decision way ahead of time that we'll not just be hearers of your word, but we will be doers thereof, putting into practice the principles that we hear from the word of the Lord. We declare this morning that the entrance of your word gives us light. Therefore, there is no place for confusion in our lives. For the light of God's word removes all darkness. And unto the upright, there arises light in the midst of darkness. And so let your word shine deeply within our hearts. And Father, we thank you that your word is life. And so we open our heart to receive the word of life. And we give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. We're going to go ahead and receive the offering at the end of the service this morning. Uh, I want to talk to you all this morning about freedom from. We're doing that series, Freedom From. And I want to talk about freedom from stressed. How many of you know that you do not have to be stressed out? In Ephesians chapter 1, and I want you to look at that in verse 3. The service that we're about to do right now, guys, is going to be different than the last service. So you just have to follow me in the booth. In Ephesians chapter 1, we look in the King James Version at verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to pay particular attention to that phrase, who has blessed us. Now, I like this little phrase. I don't remember where I heard it, but I think it's applicable to what we're saying today. Say this with me. I'm way too blessed to be stressed. Say that again. I'm way too blessed to be stressed. You know where stress is, don't you? Stress is under our feet. And when you realize... That you are blessed and you're too blessed to be stressed. Then you can walk on top of serpents and scorpions and you don't have to live a life of fear. You don't have to live a life of intimidation. You do not have to live a life where you're constantly anxious and agitated and under pressure. Amen? Amen. I tell you, if anyone is under pressure, it should be Satan. Not us. Well, how how can you say that? Well, I can say that based on the word. He's under pressure. Well, why is he so under pressure? Simply because he knows his time is short. Amen. His time is short. And so that's one of the reasons why he's trying to uh, bring so much havoc in your life. And uh, because he knows that his days on planet Earth are very short. There is a bottomless pit about to open up. Amen. Amen. And Satan's going into it. Amen. Now, I want you to turn over to John 14, 27. And I want us to look over at uh, the amplified version of John 14, uh, the 27th verse. You have a lot to say in your life of whether you're going to be stressed or whether you're going to be blessed. Okay. Because stress will present itself to each and every one of us. No matter who you are. No matter what your age is, no matter what your background is, stress is something that is going to come against our lives. 
In John 14, 27, and Brother Jimmy, this is a scripture I was trying to think of the other night when we were fellowshipping. But in John 14, 27, he said, peace I leave with you. Now, peace is the opposite of stress. Peace I leave with you. My own peace now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Or do not let your hearts be stressed. Neither let them be afraid. Now here's the verse. Here's what I want you to see. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Notice this with me. Stop it. When fear comes your way and stress presents itself to you and tries to get you off on all these tangents and trails of what if this and what if that, just stop it. Put a stop on it. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. You don't have to be agitated. You don't have to be so tough and difficult to get along with. You ornery thing. Stop it. Stop it. Whatever you bind, whatever you stop on earth is what God will back you up in in heaven. So we don't have to allow ourselves to be agitated. My days of being disturbed and agitated and stressed are over. My days of being full of peace and joy and life and love and light are here right now. How about you? How about you over there? What kind of days are you having over there in that wing? Well, how are you doing, brother? Well, brother, I'm just so stressed. No, stop it. Stop that. Stop that kind of talk. Stop that kind of thinking. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Man. Now that tells me that that is my responsibility. I could be a coward if I wanted to be. I could be disturbed if I wanted to be. But I choose not to be. God's given you the power of choice to win and operate at a higher level than stress. Now, a lot of stress comes from what you have on your mind and what you keep on your mind. See, what are you thinking on? What are you dwelling on? Yeah, but pastor, you know, the circumstance is this and the problem is that. Yeah, that's right. There's the problem. There's the circumstance. But what good is it going to do us to meditate and to think on the problem and the circumstance when God's word says that we can think on things that are good, lovely, pure, good report and honest and think on those things. See, you will never change the situations or the circumstances of life by thinking on them. In Proverbs 23, verse 7, he says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What are you allowing 
yourself to think about. What's on your mind? What's in your mind? What you allow in your mind and what you have on your mind, did you know that it will affect your countenance? It will affect your looks. Some of you better start smiling now. Or you're going to give yourself away. Well, now, Pastor Mike, what do you got so, what, what are you so happy about? I'm happy that I'm breathing. I'm happy that I woke up this morning. I'm happy that I got heat in my house. I'm happy that my wife brought me a cup of peats. I'm happy that I had some toast today. Yeah, but Bad News America says that. Yeah, but Good News God says this. Bad News America may say this, but Good News God trumps what Bad News America says. Now you can get what Bad News America says on your mind, or you can get what Good God's News says on your mind. It's your choice. But I'll tell you right now, if you carry the cares of this world and the burdens of this life, it'll affect your countenance. How you doing today? I'm blessed. <laughs> well, what have you been doing? I just believe in God. You can say all the right things, but it not really be a reality in your life. What determines your countenance and your outlook is what you've been looking at. And that's why the Bible says that we are to look into the perfect law of liberty. The word of God liberates us. The word of God frees us up. And the Bible said, whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work and the word. This man shall be blessed in his doing. Yeah. <laughs> Notice he didn't say this man or woman shall be stressed. You cannot sit at the feet of Jesus and hear his word and think on his word. And sing the praises of God and be stressed out. Doing those things will take stress right out of you. And bring the peace of God that passes all understanding right into your life. Hallelujah. Raise your hands and say, thank you, Lord. I receive this word. I receive the word of peace in the name of Jesus. Whoo, glory. Hallelujah. One truth that is so uh, vital to realize that Jesus, when he was on the earth, he walked around talking about who he was. Amen. 
you think about over and over again in the scripture, he said, I am the door. I am the truth. I'm the life. Right? What else did he say? I am the way. How about this one? I am the resurrection. He didn't say I'm the darkness of the world. He said I'm the light of the world. Glory to God. He did not need anyone to tell him who he was. He knew who he was. He was firmly planted in this fact that he was and is the son of the living God. Mm. Hallelujah. I don't need anyone to tell me who I am. Don't let this world define you. Don't let your job define you. You may have the occupation of being a lawyer, but in Christ, you're a new creation. Thank God for your occupation. Thank God for what you do. But who you are is based upon whose you are. I am not going to allow a diagnosis, an occupation, an education, anything of this world define me. Let God's word define you. You are what the word says you are. You have what the word says you have. You can do what the word says you can do. So you need to find out what the word says you are. Now we, we know that the devil's defeated foe. But he is a thief. John 10, 10 says he cometh not but for to steal, to kill and destroy. He's the author of theft. He walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We could say that he is out to steal your identity or have identity theft. Identity theft in the natural world in which we live is very common. You have to watch. You have to watch yourself. So some dummy doesn't come along and steal your identity. And so that you have to go through months and months of trying to undo what's been ripped off from you. And they have certain things that you can do to uh, secure your identity. One thing that they do, and Brenda and I have done, is we have LifeLock. Anybody ever heard of LifeLock? Well, LifeLock will tell you on a month-to-month basis if anybody's ever been trying to mess around with your identity. So we get an email about every month or so saying, no one, you know, blah, blah, everything's okay. No identity theft. Okay. Well, in the realm of the spirit, the enemy is out to steal your identity through circumstances, through all sorts of things. Don't let Satan stole what Jesus has so freely bought and paid for in your life.
we could say it this with me in the realm of the spirit. We need to lock the scriptures down in our spirit and have a spiritual life lock. You can't steal from me. This is mine. Just as Jesus walked around and talked about who he was, I believe this. We need to be walking around and declaring who we are. Now, for example, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I am the head and not the tail. I am complete in him. Say that with me. I am what the word says I am. I have what the word says I have. And I can do what the word of God says I can do. I am complete in him. You don't need anybody to complete you. You don't need a husband or wife to complete you. Jesus completed you. If you're looking for the missing link in your life, someone to complete you, you're looking in the wrong place. Man cannot complete you. Only Christ can complete you. Aren't you glad you've got Jesus? You know, it is people who know who they are that make the best husbands. That's right. It is people who know who they are in Christ that make the best wives. Amen. Why? Because there's not all these insecurities. That's right. Our security is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Say it again real strong. I am complete, I am complete. In, him, in him who is the head, is the head of, all of all principality and power. Now, the question arises in some people's minds. Now, I know these things are true, and that's good preaching, and I agree with it. But what am I supposed to do with all this trouble that comes my way? What am I supposed to do when all hell, seemingly in the natural realm, breaks loose in my life? Anybody ever experienced that before? Anybody ever not experienced that before? Well, let, let's look at a few things here. We're going to work up to something today. Say it with me. I'm too blessed. I'm too blessed. Way, too blessed Way too blessed to be stressed. To be stressed. Say this with me. I cast, I cast all, my cares, all my cares, all my worries, all my, worries, all my, anxieties, all my anxieties over on you. Over on you. I, declare this day I declare this day that I'm stress-free. That I'm, stress-free. I'm carefree. And I'm worry-free. Now, let's look at John 16, verse 33. Let's look over there. John, the 16th chapter, the 33rd verse. We're learning some things today. We're growing in grace and we're growing in peace. Did you know that grace and peace can be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God? Through the knowledge of His Word? Now, look at John 16, verse 33. Jesus said, these things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. Now remember, the peace that he gives is not as the world gives, give I unto you. Okay? It's a peace that passes understanding. Now he said, in the world 
you're going to have some trouble. There's going to be some tribulation. But I'm glad he didn't stop there. I'm glad he didn't just say in the world, you're going to have some tribulation and you're on your own. Good luck. Aren't you glad? Man, I'm glad he didn't say that. He said in the world, you're going to have some tribulation. But. But. Get sad and be full of fear. He didn't say that, did he? No. He said, get glad and be of good cheer. Look at your neighbor and say, be of good cheer. Look at your other neighbor and say, be of good cheer. Now point to yourself and say, cheer up. See, I think a lot of people are tearing up. When they should be cheering up. Now there's a time to tear up. There's a time to cry. There's a time to weep. But when all hell's breaking loose at your house, it's not the time to tear up. Tearing up is a sign that you're cooperating with that and yielding to that. But cheering up is an antidote for tearing up. Cheering up is an antidote for trouble. Be of good cheer. Be without fear. You're too blessed to be stressed because I have overcome. Now you're not getting this. But be of good cheer. Why? Because I've overcome the world. Be of good cheer. Be of good courage. Why? Because I've overcome. I've overcome the world. I have overcome that trouble already for you. And if you will cooperate with me by being of good cheer, you will be free from fear and you will walk through the valley of the shadow of death and you'll come out the other side because those who rejoice in the Lord their God shall be strengthened with might and they will not give in and cower down to the fears of this life. Rejoice in the Lord. Always. And again. I say. Now we can learn. Some really. Important truths. Now here's what I want to insert into you this morning. He's overcome the world. He's overcome the world. He's overcome the world. He's overcome the flesh. He's overcome the devil. He's overcome the grave. Yes, he has. <laughs> Ain't no grave going to hold his body down. <laughs> he came up. <laughs> and if he came up, you That's can right. come up. That's right. That's right. Praise God. Now I want you to look at something in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. No, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I don't have my glasses on, so I think I don't need them today. I actually broke them in Pawnee. We had so much fun in Pawnee. I hadn't played in leaves since I was a little boy. 
They got a great big huge pile of leaves stacked up there in that backyard. And I just, there were about seven or eight kids around. I just dove right into them. And when I dove into those leaves, it set something off. All those kids dove at the same time. We were throwing leaves at one another. Hallelujah. We had ourselves a time in the Lord. It'd do some of you good to lighten up a little bit. You know, the Bible says his yoke is easy. His burden is light. Does that mean I have to jump in a pile of leaves? It might. Now, while I'm at it, some of you need to stop taking life so seriously. And lighten up a little bit. And enjoy life. Life was not meant to just grind through. I mean, life is enough of a grind to cooperate with the grind. And to get all intense. No, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. And that you might enjoy life. Now, when I go to a ball game and I get myself a hot dog, I don't eat the hot dog without relish on it or mustard because I'm not going to enjoy a hot dog without the relish. And I'm not going to go through life without relish. I'm not going to go through life without some mustard. And I'm talking brown mustard. And on occasion, I'm not going to go through life without some sauerkraut and some pickles and even some fried okra. Now, I know I'm preaching real good right now. Now, you can go through life with a dry hot dog if you want to. But Jesus has provided the mustard, the ketchup, the relish. Handalabo shandalabahaya. Hey, Labashanda. I can about taste that hot dog right now. Tastes pretty good, too. Woo! You can have a marriage just dry, dead, but you can have relish on your marriage. You can have yourself a side of this and a side of that. He's come that you might have some life now. Stop taking life so serious. Enjoy your life. You only got one to live. Now. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. You know, Jesus, he even, one day he went to his disciples and says, guys, we need a break. Let's go get some McDonald's and go to the desert. <laughs> you know, or whatever, you know, McDonald's or Kentucky Fried Chicken or In-N-Out, whatever. But they, they had worked so hard that they, they hardly had time up to eat. And he says, let's go to the desert for a while. What the master was saying is this, and this is a truth that I want to insert into you this morning. It says, we need to come apart so we don't fall apart. 
We need that Sabbath rest. Now, turn over to 2 Corinthians. It's enough for that. And 2 Corinthians, and this truth I I just want to get over into your spirit today. I'm not so concerned about preaching a long time. I'm concerned about you getting a word. Say with me, I'm getting a word. One word we've already got is this. I'm way too blessed to be stressed. Look at 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1 and let's begin around verse 5. Let's look at that in the King James Version. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 5. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds us by Christ. Let's stop right there. In the world there's going to be some suffering, there's going to be some tribulation, but... The consolation, the comfort that comes from the Holy Spirit in the midst of those times is greater than what we might be going through. Now notice in verse 6. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings, which we also suffer. And whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. Verse 7. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as we, you are partakers of the sufferings, you also may be of the consolation. Verse 8. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of what? Okay, so that, there's that word again. Be not ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia. So they faced some difficulties when they were on the road of life and on the road of their ministry that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, even to the point where we despaired even of life. Has anybody ever been there before? I mean, the pressure was so great that people sometimes even despair of life. Notice in verse 9. But we had... The sentence of death in ourselves. It seemed as if we were down for the ten count. It seems like we were sentenced to death. That we should not trust in ourselves, but in God that raises the dead. Now, I want you to notice this in the message version, verse 8 and verse 9. There's a revelation in here. I have written in my notes, and I got this when I walked in here this morning for this second service. Uh, And I want to share it with you exactly how the Lord spoke it to me after we look at verse 8 and 9 in the message translation. Okay, are you ready? Let's all read together. We don't want you to be in the dark, friends, about how hard it was when all this came down on us in Asia province. It was so bad, we didn't think we were going to make it. Stop right there. Anybody been there? Now notice in verse 9. We felt like we'd been sent to death row. That it was all over for us. As it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. Instead of trusting in our own strength or wits to get out of it, we were forced to trust God totally. To trust God what? When you trust God totally. I mean totally. 
Stress will be a thing of the past. Now notice. Pick it up right there. We were forced to trust God totally. Read it with me. Not a bad idea since he's the God who raises the dead. Not a bad idea to trust God totally since he's the God who raises the dead. What Paul is saying, look, we had the sentence of death in ourselves. Even if we would have died, we trusted God totally. And if need be, he would raise us from the dead because he raised Jesus from the dead. Now, I don't know what you're going through, but the bottom line is you are going through. I don't know what type of sentence of death is toying with your mind. But I do know one thing, that if you'll totally put your trust in God, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead can raise you from the dead. The same power that raised the master out of death, hell and the grave can lift you up out of that sickness, can lift you up out of that poverty can lift you up out of that stress can lift you up out of that torment because it's not a bad idea since he's the God who raises the dead Woo, glory and here's what I got when I walked into this room this morning <laughs> trouble is temporary if you just trust him. Amen. Hallelujah. That's good. That's good. Look at your neighbor and say, Trouble is only temporary if you just trust him. If you just have faith in him. If you totally trust him, your trouble has got an expiration date. Sometime. When Brenda and I are out of town for eight or nine days, like we were just recently, and then we were in Peru for a period of time, we have left things in the refrigerator, and I like that you'll play light. I used to eat you'll play regular, but now that I'm 63, I eat you'll play light. Amen. And I always look at the top of the you'll play, and I look at the date. Amen. Because if the date has expired, it means I'm not to partake of that you'll play. Well, in the realm of the spirit, the temptations, the trials, the troubles you're going through has got an expiration date. You just keep looking unto Jesus. You just keep totally trusting him. You just keep putting your faith in him. And you will say that faith is the victory that overcometh the world. Totally trust him. It's not a bad idea. Pastor, what are we going to do? You better not lean on your own ingenuity or your own head. Better look to the word, look to your heart. The Bible says, trust in the Lord. With all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. Now look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. Anybody getting anything yet? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's got an expiration date. Hallelujah. Well, what if I expire before it expires? You know that? 
There's an answer to that, too. You ever wondered about that? What if I expire before it expires? Well, if you expire before it expires, it automatically expires because you're going to a new dimension. You're going to another place, a higher place, a better place, a glorious place. So, no matter what, brothers and sisters, we win. We win. We win. But it's better to have it expire before you expire. Amen. But if it doesn't expire before you expire, don't sweat it. You ain't going to be worried about it then. All right. That went over good. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We spent 12 weeks teaching on this. And, and uh, if you want to pick up the teaching on the spirit of faith, make sure that you go to the website and download it because there's 12 hours of good solid teaching on the spirit of faith we did on Wednesday night. But the premise was in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I want us to look with, with, with me real quickly. It says in verse 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Thank God we've got a treasure. Amen. It's in our earthen vessels. Why? So that the excellency and the power may be of God and not of us. Who's going to get the glory? God, God is. He said, we are troubled on every side. Yet, not what? He said, we're troubled, all right. Troubles come, but we're not distressed. I looked the word up, distressed, the other day as I was on my computer. The word distressed is just another word of being stressed out. He said, look, trouble was on every side. Distress came to our lives. There was trouble here. There was trouble there. But notice, we're not distressed. Because we're too blessed to be stressed. We were perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. We were knocked down, but we got never knocked out. Verse 10. Always, here it is. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our mortal body. How do we go through the things we go through? We trust in the life of God that he's placed on the inside of us. Say it with me. I've got the life of God in me. Declare this. I have the Zoe kind, the God kind of life in me. So if you want to put stress out of doors and keep it out of doors, rely heavenly, heavily upon the life of God that's in your spirit. Amen. The Bible says it's a treasure. Yes, it and it's in our earthen vessel. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. And then notice with me, in uh, the next verse, he says, For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. That the life also of Jesus might be manifest or operational in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. Read verse 13 with me. 
We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. Those with the spirit of faith trust him totally. They find his word, they believe his word, and then they speak his word. And God, who is a spirit, watches over his word to perform it on your behalf. In closing with me this morning, look at 1 John chapter 5. 1 John, the 5th chapter and the 4th verse. Did you wear your shouting clothes? You look like you're ready to shout. Let's just do it by faith right now. Let's give the Lord a big shout. Glory to God. Hallelujah. If you're going to trust God totally, it involves not just believing in your heart, but it also involves speaking what God has said to you in His Word. Amen? It's letting God arise and His enemies being scattered. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, last verse this morning. Let's read it together. Ready, read. For whatsoever is born of God, overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcometh the world even our what what is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith and our faith is demonstrated by totally trusting him believing and declaring and not allowing ourselves to be troubled but to trouble our trouble with faith filled words For faith-filled words will dominate the laws of sin and death. You get the word in your heart and you get the word in your mouth and you release it in faith. The enemy will have to flee. He'll have to run from you as in terror. Did you get anything out of it this morning? Let's all stand to our feet.